Today is Thursday, August 11th. The title for our devotional is You Are Needed. As we continue on through 1 Corinthians 12, in verses 15 to 26, we see part of the reason for Paul's writing this letter. It seems as if there was some tension between those who have the perceived greater gifts and those who have the perceived lesser gifts. In verses 15 to 20, he addresses those who perceive they have a lesser gift. In verses 21 to 26, he addresses those who perceive they have a greater gift. We'll discuss verses 21 to 26 tomorrow, but today let's focus on those who perceive that they have a lesser gift. In verses 4 through 11, he has already intentionally flattened the differences between the more supernatural and natural gifts by claiming that they were all gifts from the Holy Spirit. Even something as natural as knowledge or wisdom is considered a gift of the Holy Spirit. He even stresses that they are all distributed by the Spirit according to His will, so we cannot choose whether we have the greater gifts or the lesser gifts. All of this is to sort of flatten out the differences between them. 1 Corinthians 12, 15-20 reads, Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's a simple illustration, but I think it's effective. It seems to me that Paul makes two big points here. One, every part is necessary for proper function of the church. Remember, he is addressing those who think they have a lesser gift. So they are tempted to be jealous of those who have a perceived greater gift. His message to them is very simple. You are needed. Secondly, he tells them, God has placed you just where he wants you. You didn't choose your gift. The Holy Spirit chose it for you. He has arranged the body just as he wills it. This should give us all a good deal of comfort. As we talked about last week, a gift is something that we did not earn. So our response should be one of gratitude, whether it is what we may have wanted or not, because God did not owe you that. Anyways, he chose to give it to you out of his grace and kindness. Either way, we didn't deserve it, so we're not free to choose it. Proper use is also a proper response to a gift. So we need to faithfully use the gift that God has given us, because our ultimate desire is to do his will. It seems to me that this problem in our church structure remains the same today as it did in the first century. More visible teaching gifts, things like pastor-teacher, apostle, evangelist, prophet, are overvalued in the church. This, I think, has led to two results. One, those who have those gifts are drawn towards an inflated view of themselves, that is, the the teaching gifts that are more visible. This is a well-noted problem that I'll save for tomorrow when Paul addresses those who have the greater gifts. Secondly, those who do not have those gifts devalue their gifts. This most often manifests itself in a simple indifference to discovering and utilizing one's gift. This is tragic. 
As I mentioned last week, there is great joy in experiencing God's favor in our use of his gifts. Like Eric Liddell said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. That should be enough for us to desire, discover, and employ our gifts. This also results in an anemic church. The church at large isn't lacking much in the way of teaching. There are countless excellent resources out there on the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are readily available online anytime we would choose to pursue them. It is, however, lacking in equipping and training the saints to do the work of ministry. And not to say that we always get this right, we certainly don't. It is our goal at LifeBridge to help train and equip you for ministry, not to give you a comfy program to serve in at the church. Our goal, instead, is for you to organically minister to one another in the church by praying for each other, demonstrating hospitality with one another, meeting one another's needs, etc. Our goal is also to then send you into your workplace, your neighborhood, your kid's school, your kid's sports teams, etc. to bring the kingdom there. The use of your gifts then becomes a part of your everyday life, not a church program that's curated for a comfy space for you to practice it. The place for church programs and teachings like this and the Holy Spirit 101 course, which we'll have at the end of this campaign during our conference week, is to provide the initial structure and training that you need to then send you out to do ministry. This is the equipping piece. Like I said, we don't always get this right. I think many of us, however, have grown too dependent on church programs to hold our hand and give us an easy, comfortable, and safe structure to employ our gifts. Easy, comfortable, and safe are not categories of ministry that I find anywhere in Scripture. This is an expectation that I think we need to mature beyond as churches and as believers in Christ. For reflection time today, have you experienced the joy of utilizing your gift given you by the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you are needed in your church family? What do you need from your church to feel equipped to use your gift in your everyday life experience? And if, as you're reflecting on that last question, anything comes to mind, please, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to have this conversation with you and to help you in any way that I can or any way that the church community can to help you feel equipped to use your gift in your everyday life.